go ye kids, we'll let you go ye. And uh, the rest of us take our Bibles and let's turn to Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Now this is uh, uh, not totally unique. There were several Psalms that are actually written by uh, Moses, other people than David. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. And as we uh, work our way through this psalm, 17 verses here, we need to understand that the psalmist, and uh, this is very understandable, talking about the life of Moses, is... God wants to use us in His work. If there's one amazing thing about our Bible, one thing that makes true Bible Christianity different than any other religion, is the fact that the God of the Bible not only saves us, He wants to use us to accomplish His work. Now, if you stop and think about that, um, uh, uh, over the years, we've been involved. I've been involved in many, many different work projects, and and uh, oftentimes uh, my children, especially the sons, they all want to help. And uh, there are times where I just have to say, "Not today." Uh, Dad's got to do this job, whether it might be chemicals involved that I don't want them getting on their hands or uh, smearing all over the uh, work area, or uh, sometimes there's danger involved, and, and yet other times it's just uh, simply a matter of patience. I want to get something done. And, you know, I think about God. He wants to get things done. Amen? But he has the patience to choose us. Um, If there's anything that is more frustrating to me personally than anything else when I'm trying to get a job done is when I have a special tool that I know will it was made to do this job and I can't find it. Because it was put somewhere by somebody that wasn't me, and I can't find my tool, and it just drives me crazy. Uh, Wasting time looking for things, and then I think about Psalm 90. And God has a very special work to do, and not a one of us is really what uh, we have a little cliche we use. Uh, that's not the sharpest bit in the box or the sharpest knife in the drawer. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying there? Uh, the brightest bulb. Uh, there, there is not a one of us that are really suited for the work that God has for us. God never does anything because of us. It's always in spite of us. God never uses us because we're just such a wonderful opportunity for God. Other than the fact that when we get to heaven and God has used us, what are we going to say? We're not going to say, what a wonderful tool. We're going to say, what a wonderful God. That's what heaven is about. Are are we all together on that? And, and, And so let's read through this psalm. 
and uh, look at these verses here. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hast formed the earth, And the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as a sleep in the morning, They are like grass which groweth up in the morning and flourisheth and groweth up in the evening and is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of our in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us, Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. And so, these are the words of Moses. He ends this psalm saying, establish the work of our hands. What was the work of Moses' hands? He brought the tablets of God down from Mount Sinai, did he not? He oversaw the building of the tabernacle. He saw the establishment of Israel as a nation. And what Moses is saying is, you have used me in this way to bring Israel out of Egypt, to see them established as a nation, to codify the words and the laws of God, to bring about a set way of worshiping God in the Old Testament tabernacle And he says, God, I want you to establish the work of our hands, because the work of our hands is what you have called us to do. Now, we would like the Lord to do that with Open Door Bible Baptist Church, would we not? Should the Lord tarry his coming? And I've often joked, in 50 years, we're all going to be rolling around here in our little wheelchairs, but... uh, um, in 50 years, that's not going to happen. Most of us will be gone. In 50 years. And yet we have the promise of Jesus' church will remain. We'll keep going as long as we stay in the way. And so we start this psalm, this song here, 
as Moses is thinking long term for the nation of Israel and all of these things that God has done, he starts with a psalm of praise, a verse we might say. The psalm here is divided up roughly into three different verses or themes. The first is the eternity of God. Uh, And it does us well to understand, to contemplate, to think about. Uh, People often say, what about meditation? If you want to meditate on something, here's something you meditate on. The eternity of God. At the psalmist here, Moses, he tells us, from everlasting to everlasting, in verse 2, thou art God. He says, Thou art our dwelling place. Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. And you can go to Hebrews chapter 11 and you can think about this. What did Abel do to produce faith, to be listed as the first in the hall of faith? All he did was offer the right sacrifice. He didn't bow to the pressure of his brother. Even in death. He stayed true to what God had ordained. You know, living the Christian life, our theme this year is following God as dear children. To be converted and become as a little child. And, you know, one of the things about a little child is they have to trust in adults. Do they not? I mean... That little baby, they're uncomfortable. They have soiled themselves. So what are they going to do? Wah! I'm uncomfortable. Fix me. Hungry. Wah! Wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, I want somebody to put me to sleep and feed me and make me feel better in the middle of the night. And they cry. And little children have to trust in adults. As they get older, they begin to understand and they begin to talk. When your first one learns how to talk and starts actually saying words, it's exciting. When your second and third and fourth and fifth start talking, it's, oh no, here we go again. No. Um, It's a joy to watch each one grow and develop. And God says, listen. God is the same. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He has been our dwelling place. If we're going to be safe, if we have any consolation, if we have any good thing happen in this life, it's because we stay close to God. And we can trust God. He was here before the mountains. He was here before creation. It says, Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of man. And a verse that is taken out of context, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, and as a watch in a night. God does His work. You know, one of the places where people get in trouble 
is when God chooses to do things differently than we would like. We have one or two choices. We can trust God and ask Him to fix what is inside of us, or we can trust ourselves and begin to doubt God. And the psalmist here, Moses, is reminding us of what happens when you stop trusting God. Those people were carried away with the flood. Moses had seen God's judgment. Uh, He had seen all of those things as the children of Israel wandered through the wilderness and rebelled against God. He's saying there, really, if we wanted to just summarize this first part, uh, look at verse 7. It says, um, um, oh, I'm sorry. it says, yeah, verse 7, For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Moses wrote much of that tale. We deal with the eternity of God. Then we deal with the mortality and the sinfulness of man. So we have two contrasting ideas. Eternal God, very mortal, very short-lived man. A perfectly holy God, a God that is not affected by time, and a man that has just a few days of verse 9, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. It says if we live 70 years, if we can live 80, but when you compare that to eternity, it is absolutely nothing. And often, uh, on more than one occasion, I just preached that one verse there. Uh, our years as a t- we spend our years as a tale that is told, and have often just asked people the question, and, and as we did this morning, what is the tale of our life? What is what will people talk about when when our tale is told? Well, there's only one answer, and that is the synthesis of these two ideas as they are brought together And verses 11 through 17 here. It says, Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Now, let's look at verse 11 very closely. Who knows the power? Of God's anger. No one. It is unlimited. The Bible tells us one of these days, all of the elements, everything that we know is going to melt with a fervent heat. Imagine this entire universe. It says he's going to fold it up like one doth a garment. And he's going to put it away. God's going to be done with it. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But then what's it say? 
even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. The more we fear and reverence God for His holiness and His goodness, the less we have to be afraid of God for His wrath and for His judgment. The more we understand who God is, the more we allow the character and the person of God to guide our path and choose our footsteps for us, the less we have to worry about God's judgment against us. You see, this is the first bringing together of God's eternity, man's mortality. If we take that tale that is told, our days, we understand that God in His holiness cannot forgive uh, uh, not forgive. God can forgive and, and will forgive every sin, but God cannot just sweep it under the carpet. He cannot pretend it did not happen. God is a perfectly just God. There must be a payment for that sin. There must be a reconciliation of God's words and God's holiness to our sinfulness And so verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to be very careful with what God has given us. Verses 13 and 14 go together. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Think of the writer of Hebrews that tells us that we are to boldly come before the throne of grace to obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. As Moses is writing to us here. He's saying, return, O Lord. How long, Lord, will you forgive us of our sins? Will you satisfy us early with thy mercy? Now, we know what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that not one of the most wonderful promises in all the Bible? That we can trust God. That we can obtain His mercy. And that if we will understand, no matter what we are looking at in this life, the greatest problem we deal with is our sin. And yet, if we come back to God, He promises us His mercy. We can rejoice in God's forgiveness. And God does not extend His mercy only to uh, specially chosen people. It is for whosoever will. Now we understand not everyone will, not everyone will, will, but we're here tonight because we want to obey God's word. 
One of the problems with the children of Israel in the wilderness was they got tired of the manna. Do you remember that story? And God sent them the quails, and along with the quails, a plague, and thousands of people died, and they they buried them in the name of that place. They renamed it the Graves of Lust, is what they called it. Uh, You know, we we have to look at our life. Part of this idea of numbering our days is... Thinking about and understanding the eternity and the holiness of God. The fact that a thousand years aren't even the snap of a finger in God's mind. It's not like a watch in the night. And yet, He's mindful of each and every sin we commit. And if we will seek His forgiveness, He will give us that forgiveness. He will allow us to walk in His way. He will satisfy us with His mercy. Look at verse 15. Make us glad according to the days wherein Thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let Thy work appear unto Thy servants and thy glory unto their children. The Bible is very careful to tell us, in everything give thanks. The Bible is very clear that God does not make mistakes. That God's mercy and God's goodness is extended to every living creature on the face of this earth. But if we're going to enjoy that mercy, we must accept it. We must develop a personal relationship with God. And if we will look back on our life, we can see that some of the very difficult things that God has brought into our life has been there so we would trust Him. In our Sunday school time this morning, we covered the story of Abraham and Isaac. And how terrible that must have been for those three days that Abraham struggled in his heart and in his mind as he was moving toward Moriah. Finally, he gets up on the mountain and he ties up Isaac and he gets ready and God stops him at the very last second. And yet, as tried to make very clear this morning, Moses is the only Old Testament saint that really understood while he was living here on earth what God would do to take away our sins. What I'm sure that Moses, um, Abraham, let me make sure I get the right guy doing the thing here, sorry, that Abraham lived the rest of his life reliving that moment and thinking, how upset I was about what God asked me to do. And then God had a substitute. He said, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And it was when Jesus walked up Calvary's mountain, when he died on that cross. You see... 
When the Lord afflicts us, when we see difficult times, what ought it to do? Drive us closer to the Lord. We have to understand, we go back to our mortality, the fact that we only live a very short time here on this earth. What is a hundred years compared to eternity? Nothing. It's not even a breath. And yet we're so wrapped up in this hundred years or so, less than a hundred, usually between 70 and 80, that we live on this earth that we're not at all prepared for eternity. That's what the psalmist is trying to tell us. God, in spite of who and what we are, has an overabundance of mercy. And He wants us to trust in Him. And He wants us to live in the joy of our salvation. Now we get to verse 16. It says, Let thy work appear unto thy servants. Now I will tell you, we live in a day where there are very few things that are despised more than a church that teaches the Bible and a family that's established the Bible way. I don't know any two things in our society on a general basis that are despised more than those two things. And yet, if you're a servant of Jesus Christ today, those are the two things that ought to consume your life. You ought to be trying to build a family if you're in that point of your life that uh, God has given you children and you have that responsibility. That that should be an all-consuming desire. Uh, The highest calling of a human being is not President of the United States. It's being a godly mother and a godly father. Not everyone has that privilege. We do understand that. But the next and equally high calling, you cannot do one without the other, is to be a servant of Jesus Christ in His church. In the right kind of church. And we need to stop and we need to see and understand that it is God's work When the two interns were here, one of them just asked the question. He said, I've called several of my fellow graduates from Heartland, and it seems like everybody's getting rid of their King James Bible, and everyone's dropping their standards and just becoming more worldly in their music and everything. And he said, what do you think about that? And I said, number one, everyone's not doing it. Everyone's never doing anything. It's just like everyone and nobody. Uh, They're responsible for every problem we face. Is that not true? Who did that? Nobody. Uh, Excuse me, somebody did it. Uh, We don't know who did. Not me, not me, not me. Well, if I could ever find nobody, I'm going to get my hands on him really good, right? No, won't do any good. 
And then the other excuse is, well, everybody's doing it, so why can't I just give up? Uh, wait a minute. Here's what Moses is saying. And, and Moses had a lot to put up with, did he not? Let thy work appear unto thy servants. Will you ask God to open your eyes and to see what is important in this life? And I, can I challenge you? Church is important. Ordering the church in the right way. If, if we want God to bless our families, let me tell you something. The best way you can do that is make them a part of a real Bible-believing church that is ordered in the correct way. One of the reasons why uh, I, I am still, and by God's grace, as long as I have sense, I want to be particular about the way things are done at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Because it's not my church. It's not your church. It's not our church in the truest sense of the word. It is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we see that my service is important in His church? Can we understand that if we do not trust in the authority of this book called the Bible, if we do not trust in the eternity of God, we are forcing ourselves to put our trust in the philosophies and the thought process of man. And that is going to lead us to trouble. That's going to take us right back to uh, the middle of this psalm where it talks about the... Um, uh, in the evening it is cut down and withereth. The grass groweth in the morning. It says, We are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Uh, some of you... Uh, I've, I've been very, very careful about bringing names and personalities into the pulpit. I don't want you to know who the different sects and quote-unquote leaders in Baptist groups are. I, I want us just to follow the Word of God. But uh, this fellow named Bill Hybels, close 30 years ago now, developed what was called the Willow Creek Community Church. And uh, what he did was... He said, we've got to stop being old-fashioned and Bible-believing. We've got to reach out to the world. And he's the guy that invented Broadway-type entertainment in the church. Dramas and music groups and high-kicking and, uh, uh, what is it, low necklines and high skirt lines. And uh, I mean, he brought everything that is in the world right into his church. And he had 20-some thousand people showing up every Sunday morning. And when people would question him about this, he said, See what I'm doing? You don't have that many people. So don't you tell, I'm winning these people to the Lord. And the question has always been, What, what changes? What are you winning people to if what they get in church 
is just a sanitized version of what they get in the nightclubs or at the Broadway shows or in the world in which they live. God has not called us to sanitize the world. He's called us to worship Him. Well, the reason I bring that up tonight is because just a few years ago, Mr. Hybels goes public with the statement that, you know, I think we may have done it a little wrong. I think we were too shallow in our approach to the gospel. And I'm sitting there going, duh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't, uh, it, it's taken you 25 years to figure this out. Hey, here's what Moses said Let thy work appear unto thy servants. Sometime we'll do a study on Phineas. He was a man that understood God's holiness. And God made some special promises to Phineas, the son of Aaron. And those promises will not be fulfilled until the millennial kingdom when God has a temple in Jerusalem and it will be the direct descendants of Phineas that will be serving exclusively as the priest in that temple. Because he understood about God's holiness. I think about the as the destruction of Jerusalem was imminent in the days of the prophet, he gave a vision and he said, I want you to go through and I want you to put a mark on all my servants that sigh for the sins of my people. You see, those were some people that saw God's work, God's eternity and God's holiness. Today, we, we want to see and understand God's work. And we want to show God's glory to our children. Do you realize that what we have as a church did not come from us? It came from previous generations. Our church did not begin on its own. We, we are not just a... Uh, an entity. I wasn't sitting at home and just reading my Bible and all of a sudden it came, I, I need to go start a church. Well, I mean, frankly, that's basically the story of the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and, and, and many of the cults and isms and schisms that, were, uh, that are out there as one individual came up with his own idea and started his own religion. What we have was passed to us because there were people who believed this Bible and believed in the church and believed in God's work. And we need to pass that on to a generation that follows us. And that has happened in each succeeding generation from the days when our Savior has walked the face of this earth. We do not have the history, we do not have the records to prove a, a direct genealogical uh, uh, descendancy of churches and ordinations, nor would it prove anything. Because how many sons of great families turned out to be really rotten people? 
You see, just because you're born in the right family, that was part of the problem with Israel. Your faith has got to be a personal relationship with God. And that's why we get to this last verse here. It says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. If you want to understand God's holiness, God's beauty, the wonder of God's goodness... All you have to do is simply, in a childlike faith, obey His Word. God will show it to you. He'll help you understand. He will help you realize what is truly important in this life. And why the world hates it so much. And it says, And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. You know, I am so thankful, uh, as Pastor Folger just retired at Cleveland Baptist Church. He stepped to Pastor Emeritus there uh, the first Sunday in June, the very Sunday that uh, Andrew was voted in as the pastor at Community Baptist Church. And, and I think of the legacy of uh, Brother Thompson. Some of you here tonight remember we've had Brother Thompson out here to preach several times, and he's home with the Lord now. And I, I think of the legacy of Roy Thompson. You know, there's just one thing about my pastor that I love. He was just right. He was right about the Bible. He was right about the church. And he stayed right until the Lord called him home. We want to be about the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord in our day and time is reflected in establishing local, independent, Bible-believing churches. It's about sending missionaries into all the world to establish those kind of churches. It is giving our lives to see God's work done. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Do you, do you understand what Moses is praying here? He says... We are building this nation of Israel according to the directions of God, and we're asking God to establish it. Now, we understand that Israel has fallen away, and God is going to bring them back, and we are going to uh, see all of these things happen during the tribulation period and during the millennial kingdom. It is going to be all about Israel. Hey, I can't wait. But you know what we're asking the Lord to do? For eight years, I wrote a prayer letter every anywhere from four to uh, ten weeks apart for eight years. Sent it to about 50, 60 different churches and said, pray for us. We are trying to see a church established in a story. One of the most blessed days in my memory was when I sat down and penned that letter and said, you don't need to support us anymore. Because God did establish this church and we are paying our own bills. And now we got three different churches going here. And could I challenge you? We need to pray a little more than we have about seeing those churches established as well. 
I mean, Andrew and I have had many conversations. Uh, it, it doesn't take a hundred people to get the church established and to do some fantastic and great things. But we got to pray those people there, and we got to pray that God will give Andrew what he needs to bring those people in. And we got to continue to pray for Brother Franz and Brother Mike at the Union and Morse Park churches. Why? Because God has given us something to do with our hands. And we're asking God to establish that work so that the generation to follow can see the glory and the goodness of God. What a song. The eternal God. The extremely mortal, sinful man. All of us. But the more we fear God and respect His holiness, the less we have to worry about His wrath. Amen? And we can number our days and God can apply us to His work. He will satisfy us with His mercy and we can be glad in the afflictions and the trials and the difficult things knowing that God's mercy is above all and beyond anything that we can experience But if we're going to do this, we've got to understand one thing. It's not our work, it's His work. But it is our hands. And we want God to use our hands to do His work. And all God's people said, let's pray.